0: love is funny love is gravity
1: love is a touch
0: love is being vulnerable
1: love is a dagger what is love to you
0: from wmiu this is selena welcome to east village love stories this episode is brought to you from outside of the studio today I was talking to a classmate of mine about this podcast who's obviously very interested in a topic of love. Let's call her R for the moment. And something R said rang about for me. She was like, you know, Selena, I really enjoyed your podcast. But the fact that it always showed stories of relationships that is working kind of makes love sound so easy. But there really is more to it. Then she told me about her most recent relationship, which only lasted for a week, yet it was so toxic and traumatizing that those feelings haunt her for almost every day and night. I thought, hmm, she's got a point. And in fact, not only breakups, but also being in love is stressful. Love almost always entails compromises, changes, and sometimes reposition one's value if not completely reshaping it. Sometimes changes happen so quickly that you don't even notice until love is absent. And then you're like, what do I do with this new self? I think what R was talking about was the distress sometimes love can bring to us when unexpected changes happen in a relationship. And depending on how you cope with them, those traumas leave pieces of them in our identity. So today, I want to take the opportunity to ask people. Has love ever been difficult for you? If so, what was the story? Here I am with my roommate, Eos, who's been in a relatively speaking stable relationship for about three months, four months? I
2: don't know, uh, four months? Four months. <laughs> okay, it's story time.
0: <laughs> so, I know, Eos, you went on a trip with your boyfriend um t- to Colorado over a winter break. Mm-hmm. And... um. Going on a trip early on in the relationship or at like any point in a relationship is kind of risky. I like guess most people would agree mm-hmm. that it's either a deal breaker or it immensely enhanced the relationship. So um, so what happened in Colorado?
2: I didn't know it could be dangerous because the relationship that I have with Sam, that I'm having with Sam, mm-hmm. is relatively a very stable non-shaky almost perfect one that brings me clear has space so I was like oh trip a trip won't really bother us and then it did <laughs> the problem with me and Sam that happened is kind of we're in a vacay in to put it simply and my perception of a vacation is kind of like Carefree, non-disturbed And we had some plans Which did not actually happen I thought we were going to LA And I thought we were going skiing But we didn't go because he needed to work That he Was going to start a new job But I didn't know that I know it's very easy to people just to believe that he has forgotten because that's how we are communicating now. We can ignore messages. (laughs) We're just like, oh, he just forgot to reply me and do that. We have that mindset. But the truth is nobody forgets shit. Mm -hmm. Because we always remember if we really care right I was I stayed silent for a whole day I was kind of like grumpy <laughs> I didn't say anything because girls are more internalizing issues animal but then at the end of that evening <laughs> I was like just crying I was eating my burrito and I was like I don't, I feel like something was kind of we, did, like, run off. And then <laughs> and then we started to communicate. We started to have that conversation. And Sam actually noticed, but, like, he didn't explain why. And part of it is just insecurity. If he disappoints me, I would just be disappointed. And <laughs> I would, like, stop trusting him, which is definitely not the case, just judging by how... I am as a person
3: <laughs> We
2: all know I'm that I'm not, right I really want to know like what's wrong and it was very lost me. <laughs> I think the number one rule is like knowing what's wrong It's not a deal breaker at all but like not talking about it it's definitely a deal breaker because silent mode is always not good I just feel so I don't know how to translate which <laughs> you I don't know how to say this in like, yeah, English yeah. it's like a Chinese word that like it's like perfect to describe Kind of feeling when you're uh-huh. feeling mistreated in a relationship. Uh-huh. But you're not actually ba- blaming him, you're just feeling some kind of burden. Yeah.
3: That,
2: like pressed upon you. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> I was obviously, as you said, in a strange place that I didn't know. Am I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was in this is like middle <laughs> of nowhere, month, uh-huh. <laughs> like. Place full of mountain a city five guy got trapped in <laughs> nature. <laughs> I was trapped in nature. I love nature, but it was this place that has an altitude of five fifty five hundred feet. I thought I had altitude sickness in the night and I was sick for the last three days of our trip and it turned out I got COVID oh my <laughs> when I,
0: God.
2: I get my, when I got myself tested in New York, but that was a later part of the trip. A trip really magnified all the small details because like if you're just like living in the city, you can just ignore the problem and go hang out with a friend. But when you're two being put in a prisonish <laughs> thing, like you really need to solve those problems because you're living living with him, and there's no way you can just like. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not perceiving at all. I'm sorry, long, but like, just judging by the beginning of this podcast that you introduced. Because I think, because you mentioned unexpected changes, and I think we tend to idealize what a relationship could really be like. But then at the same time what we really need to do is to expect certain changes, even though I'm doing with the word play now. I think there's like a general idea of oh I really like this person, I wanna go on for a long time. But at the same time just always knowing there are problems that are potential to come and that you need to overcome it is a very important knowledge to have in mind.
0: Hold on a sec, this is not the end of this episode. Being in a relationship is not the only way to experience love and distress. What can be more difficult? You probably already know the answer. I'm single and my friends are coupling up one after another. On top of that, there's also relentless effort from popular media that paints a rosy image of love and romance. Who doesn't want to be like Chandler and Monica or Dash and Lily? Thanks to that, being single and ready to mingle has become this slogan, yet really is just self-mockery. Many people I know turn to dating apps compulsively to seek love, quote-unquote. And
4: let's hear what has gone wrong. Hi, my name is Sandra, and I'm currently a sophomore at NYU. So um, I haven't really been dating for the past three years, but I've only been on and off using online dating apps um, ever since my last relationship. And I've never really, you know, committed to one dating app. I started off with Tinder, and I've used Bumble Um, in Shanghai and when I got to New York I downloaded Hinge but um, currently I I've deleted Hinge from my phone for about a month now because I think it's really something that's not beneficial for my mental health and self-perception so I've gone on with only one guy from Hinge and that's probably the last guy that I'll ever go on a date with from a dating app. Um, so initially, this dude asked me to go on a date. I said yes. It was going really well because he's a really funny, nice person. And we got along because we shared really similar background after dinner he asked me if i wanted to go somewhere else i had nothing to do so i was like oh sure we could walk around and he suggested to go to a park we kind of just sat there talked about random things like shoes um pets just really random things and then suddenly he he called my name. He was like, Sandra. And then I turned around and then he was like, oh, I really like you. Do you like me? Obviously, I didn't like him. So I was really kind of overwhelmed by that question. And I responded by saying thank you, <laughs> which is you know I really didn't know what to say so thank you was the first thing that came out of my mouth and it kind of got really quiet but then he kind of just turned around and went for a kiss it really like took me off guard cuz i was not prepared for any of that and i think all of our conversations were pretty platonic so i did not see it coming at all i kind of just leaned away. This dude, I think, he really just took things way too fast. I'd prefer if first dates are more for, you know, just to get to know each other and less for physical things. I felt this kind of immense pressure for romantic connection, even though, um, like, obviously it was very unwanted.
1: So online dating, I guess my friends has always been more pessimistic about it than I do. I regard it as, you know, more of like an adventurous, fun and exciting way to communicate and make friends, even if, you know, we don't hit it off. But my friends would always say you will not be able to find true love on dating apps. And, you know, people on there are always desperate and horny, but I mean, Everybody, almost everybody is on it. Does that make everybody horny and desperate? But of course, there there are going to be some problems. Um, one of them being your date might not necessarily be what they're like on the internet. Sometimes you see a lot of red flags, but you know, you will still go for it. You know, cause love is blind, what can I say? I had this date, which we went on multiple dates together. We went to the museum, we grabbed dinner, we grabbed lunch, we had a lot of fun, we watched movies together. And I thought we really liked each other. Until one day, my date started, just, you know, replied slower. And even though said, you know, my date said that um, i still interested, but... I just don't feel the passion. I just realized that people are not what they say they are on online dating apps. You have to always like watch out for the red flags. Trust your instincts. If something feels wrong, if something feels off, then something is probably wrong and all.
3: So I have been using dating apps, including Tinder, Tan Tantan, which is more popular in China, but essentially the same thing for a while now. And I would spend hours or days like in my just at home board and swiping, swiping like studying those guys profile pictures or their personal information they will put on there, including like where they work, where they go to school, what's their music taste, was their interest in and like all the personal stuff, right? And then if they passed my basic standard, I would sometimes initiate the conversation and talk to them. But it's usually the guys who initiate the conversation with like a cheesy pickup line to get you hooked. In the beginning, it's just very fun because you know, talking to 10 guys at the same time is like an interesting experience that I would not <laughs> experience like in real life like in a party or something but then as time goes along it kind kind of gets very addictive and I would start investing my energy and time and sometimes even emotions onto dating apps but when it comes to like them asking me if I want to meet up or hang out with them in real life I start like I start, like, back off. I, I start have all the fears of, like, eventually meeting them in person in real life because what if that they think I'm different? I'm a different person online and offline. What if they didn't like me um, talking to me in person? And what if all the wonderful chemistry that we have built all collapse when we meet, finally meet in person? Like, I just have all those questions rising in my head and pre- preventing me from eventually going out with them. So, even though I admit that I have over hundreds of matches on these dating apps over the years, but I have only gone out with less than 5 guys. It disappoints me when I find out when I realize that half of the guys that I've gone out with, we hook up on the first time on the first date. And it just made me question that if people are just looking for a hookup, even though like we have built, I have invested my emotions and time and built out those like real connections. But then when it comes to meeting them it's still hookup. Like this is not what you would do if you meet a person for the first time, like face to face, right? For someone um, who is new to dating apps or who wanna try, uh, give it a try. But remember, like, anyone who's looking for something serious and has their life together is generally, like, not chatting after 10 p.m. You know, like, 10 p.m. is a curfew for everyone. Like, just remember this. Um, Because after that, it's all just, it's all about booty call.
0: Some people see collecting matches on dating apps as some kind of game. But really, there's no point in having a load of matches who you will never speak to. Love is blind, but you still have a choice. Thank you everyone for listening. If you want to be featured on the show or just want to share with us your love encounters, DM us on Instagram at eastvillage.lovestories. Detailed submission guidelines is in bio. We are a submission-based love podcast. And we aim to build a safe community for candid conversations and open minds. What is love to you? I'm Selena, East Village Love Stories. See you next time.